Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the rest stop with Brad Restituto. Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the 2, to the 1, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone, a touchdown! Derek looks left, Derek going to throw for the end zone, Welcome to the rest stop. It's May 11th, 2021. It's Tuesday and it's the rest stop. Brad Restituto with you. Spencer Ostrovsky with me as always. We come to you 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Make sure you watch us on twitch.tv slash Football. And if you miss any part of the podcast live, you can check out the audio version on any of the podcasting platforms. Search Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Brad the Believer post all the podcasts on there after our show. We've got a good sports show for you tonight. The NBA season winding down. Less than four games left for most teams in the regular season. The Lakers trying to play themselves out of the 7-10 to playing game. They've got some work to do. They're taking on the Knicks tonight. That's the second part of the TNT doubleheader on Tuesday tonight. The Knicks are giving them a battle. The Knicks, of course, have overachieved this year. So we'll talk some basketball tonight. Tim Tebow, officially, it seems like, will be signing a one-year deal with the Jaguars. We'll give you our thoughts on that. We talked a little bit about that last week. But a lot of people, former players, a lot of people with opinions, uh, have quite differing opinions on the Tim Tebow signing. A lot of people talking about if, if Tebow can get a job, why can't Kaepernick? Uh, it's two different dynamics. I think a lot of people don't even know uh, that Tim Tebow is being signed as a tight end. What's up to Matt? Matt checking in here on the podcast. Matt, a guy I play basketball with at the Tark Center one, on one of my teams. Uh, we just played in a championship game on Friday. Uh, we lost. But uh, if Matt would have played more from the beginning, it might have been a different outcome. Really great player. Thanks for checking in, Matt. Uh, yeah, so another good uh, sports show for you tonight. Uh, Spence, we didn't put this on the rundown, but the Las Vegas City has added another sports team. The Indoor Football League, associated with Bill Foley, the owner of the Golden Knights, um, announced today that they're going to be an expansion franchise in this Indoor Football League. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, what to expect here from that. A lot of football fans, a big sports community here in the Vegas Valley. So it's exciting. And as we're getting things back to normal here in the city, the casinos are starting to get more packed. We're not officially at 100%, but we're looking to do that the 1st of June. Uh, we'll talk even more sports coming to possibly Las Vegas as the Oakland Athletics have talked to Major League Baseball and within their own franchise inquiring about relocating. And of course, Las Vegas is one of the main hubs to talk about a Major League franchise relocating. Will the A's be that franchise that relocates to Vegas before there's an expansion uh, of new teams that will come in? Portland, of course, in the conversation, Nashville and et cetera, but Vegas and the Oakland A's could be a fit as we've already taken uh, their main team, the NFL team, the storied Raiders are now the Las Vegas Raiders, as everybody knows that watches sports, took them from Oakland. They lost the Warriors as, as their hub now is in San Francisco, and they could be losing the A's as well if they don't get a new stadium built out in that Oakland 
area. And, and Vegas is certainly one of the more growing sports communities in the entire country. And that's where we broadcast the show every Tuesday and Thursday. That's where myself and Spencer the Wiz reside. A great city, a city that's bouncing back from the coronavirus that we're trying to put it in the rearview mirror and getting things back to normal, getting jobs going, getting people back on their feet here in the Valley and, and sports continues to thrive. And in my opinion, that's part of the reason that the housing market is still so high here in Las Vegas. It hasn't budged an inch throughout this entire pandemic because there's so much sports or so much opportunity for growth and, and the things that you can feed and inject into the city when you have professional sports. We're going to have a professional NFL draft here, Spence, next year, the NCAA basketball tournament, conference tournaments. I mean, the list goes on and on. We have a semi-pro soccer team. We just talked about this new uh, indoor football league. We have a professional hockey team that has uh, a minor league affiliate. So, so many jobs, so much money that gets infiltrated into the economy through sports. It's a great thing. It's a great thing for the city. And that's why people are continuing to move here. Not only that, but there's no state tax. So they're getting out of California as Northern California and Oakland continues to lose their professional teams and Vegas uh, continues to grow. So uh, a really great show for you in store tonight. Spence, jump on here. We'll get it started in the NBA. And uh, I'll go over the scores of tonight as we're really coming down the stretch here in the NBA regular season. We're ready to kick off the second surge of this play-in playoff. We saw it in the bubble in Orlando last year, and we're going to see it again and probably for uh, the foreseeable future. I think it's a great thing. You think it's a great thing. If you're a basketball fan, you must love this because every team is playing balls to the wall and all out all the way to the end. And it's, it's means for great basketball all the way through. And if you're a basketball fan, you've got to love that. Uh, there's a few games still going on. The Warriors trying to cement themselves in this play-in tournament. They're taking on the uh, second-seeded Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference tonight. There's about six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Suns have a small lead, 105-103 on the Warriors. Devin Booker's got 31 points up to this point. Andrew Ray Wiggins appearance, Spencer the Wizards. He's got 31 tonight for the Warriors. Uh, the Thunder, they've mailed it in for quite some time now. They're getting destroyed by the Kings 118-94 with about four and a half left in the fourth quarter. We talked about the second part of the TNT doubleheader, a great one from Staples Center on TNT, but here locally it's blacked out uh, because of the Lakers channel. So me and Spence have this little streaming place that he told me about where I can watch some of the action and I'm able to check it out. The, the Knicks 38 and 30 on the season. We've talked about the resurgence in New York for the Knicks franchise. Julius Randle is going to be an all NBA selection, most improved all NBA, I think without a doubt. And, and the Knicks are leading the Lakers 75, 73 with about 45 seconds left in the third quarter. The Lakers uh, trying to play their way out of the playing game and find themselves back in the sixth spot, which is currently occupied by the Portland Trailblazers, who beat the Lakers the other night. Uh, the Lakers do have the easier schedule down the stretch, but this is really an important game. With four games left for the Lakers, it'll be three after the night. They really need this win against the Knicks with LeBron James out, hoping to come back tomorrow night against the Rockets. He's not 100%. Anthony Davis did have a great night the other night, uh, but is it going to be enough tonight? The Knicks really want a big win on primetime against the Lakers, and to have the Lakers – fight it out to make it into the regular playoffs. And they're going to have to fight it out because it's not going to be a walk in the park in that playing game. Finals from earlier, the Denver Nuggets, 117-112 over the Hornets. The T-Wolves, they get a 119-100 victory over the Pistons. I think the Pistons were without a lot of players tonight because I saw the Timberwolves as something like a four-point favorite, which has really been unheard of this entire year as the T-Wolves have been one of the worst teams in the NBA. They actually have won – Two more games than the Pistons on the season, but we know the Pistons have pretty much gone to the depths of their bench, G League teams, what have you. The Miami Heat, they beat the Boston Celtics tonight, and of course the Boston, Boston Celtics just got devastating news as Jalen Brown uh, will miss the rest of the season with an injury. That's going to really hurt them come playoff time. The Heat get the victory tonight, 129-121. Tyler Hero has 24 points and 11 rebounds in the victory for the Heat. The Clippers, they get a road victory over the Toronto Raptors, 115-96. Kawhi Leonard has 20 points, 7 rebounds in victory for the Clippers. The Pacers, they win at home against the 76ers, 103-94. Pacers have won a few games here in a row, and they're trying to make sure that they don't get knocked out of that playing situation. And by winning a few games here as of late, they are probably going to cement themselves in that 9-10 seed along with the Wizards. It's almost locked up. The only team that has a chance to catch them are the Bulls, and the Bulls did themselves zero favors tonight. It may be official that the Bulls are out after losing tonight and the Pacers winning. Uh, the Nets beat the Bulls 115-107. Kevin Durant had 21 points in victory for 
the, the Nets, Kyrie Irving gets hit in the head, goes to the locker room. Head coach Steve Nash says it's not a concussion, so we'll see uh, what Kyrie's status is for the final few games of the regular season. Spencer, the Wizards, Memphis Grizzlies get a win tonight, 133-104 over the Dallas Mavericks. John Morant, who in my opinion is one of the best young players in the, in the entire league and will be in the conversation for MVP in the next five years. He is that good, that dynamic. Uh, the Grizzlies, they get the win tonight. Uh, John Morant had 24 points, seven rebounds in the win. Blowout win for the Grizzlies tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks, they beat the Orlando Magic 114-102, and that wraps up the finals. And, of course, we mentioned the games that are still going. End of third quarter, Knicks 76, Lakers 73. Spencer the Wiz uh, with me as always. Spence, what do you think so far? Before we get to the highlights, the NBA season, really exciting here as the Lakers looks like they, if, if they don't pretty much run out, they're going to be in one of these playing games and something that LeBron James and Lakers fans did not expect coming off a championship season and the pandemic shortened season that ended in the Orlando bubble. The Lakers are fighting for their playoff lives here and the Knicks have had a great season, but injuries have burdened the Lakers and it's really exciting right now because you have good teams on each side of the conference, seven through 10. It's not going to be a wash for any team, and it's not going to be a guarantee for anybody. The teams that are lined up to play in these planes are all tough matchups. No, without a doubt. And you know, seeing the Lakers in a playing game would be extra exciting because all you have to do is lose two games. It's so easy to go on a two-game losing streak, especially on any given night. And, you know, obviously the Lakers would be favored in both games that they play in. But, again, you play the Warriors in the first round. The idea is that Steph Curry could have himself like a 50-point night and they can get the win there. And then you probably play someone like the Grizzlies or the Spurs, and then that's when you stop worrying so much. But as you've seen Memphis as of earlier, you know they had a big win against Dallas tonight, and I'll show a highlight from that. But on top of that, the Grizzlies go on a two-game streak here where they play uh, the Kings to kind of end the season. And I think there's one more makeup game with the Warriors, so maybe the last game of the season could be to determine that eighth seed, which is a massive advantage. Look, I know the playing game, the tournament isn't perfect. And I wrote an article about that recently. You can go on my Twitter uh, to find that, to find out like basically how it works, but there does seem to be a massive disadvantage, but not so much. I mean, you have to lose two games. You have to win two games to get in. So on that sense, there is a, a bit of, or a lot of merit for making the eighth seed there. So again, the, the best thing about this tournament and what they should do it, especially keeping it going forward is besides the fact that the eighth seed is boring like 90% of the time, nobody cares about the story of the eighth seed. At least in this playing tournament, you give them a little bit of momentum going into it, where, or at least there's a storyline that'll carry you through the blowouts <laughs> that go in through the first round that's been happening for so long. Also, think about the playing game from this perspective. If the season ended today and the Wizards weren't in the playoffs or didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, I would just feel so disappointing being how exciting they've been. And that's what we want to see at the end of the season, right? We want to see exciting basketball. And especially when you go into the playoffs, we want to see exciting basketball games. So if a team is on the fringe and they just don't have the opportunity because the old landscape of just seven and eight making it, uh, obviously that's not such a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it, man. I love basketball. And I think this has been one of the best years of basketball. Uh, the ratings have been very have been you know steadily improving, especially that Knicks game against the Clippers was one of the highest rated. I think the the fifth highest rated game in the NBA uh, this season, which is always good. And the the product is good. It's just there's obviously going to be some tweaks in the off season, but that's a whole other conversation. The playing game, yes, super in support of it, and I would love to see the Lakers in it just for a little bit of added pressure, a little bit of extra content for us content creators as well. Well, Spence, I'm showing here by looking at the standings that the Grizzlies and Warriors have both clinched a berth in the playoff in the playing round. The others are still up for uh, up for debate, which would be the Blazers and Lakers will be playing it out for the seventh spot. It looks like, and then the Kings barely and the Pelicans still barely alive for the ten spot, which will be decided between three teams. Spence, the Spurs, the Pelicans, and the Kings all playing. For that 10th spot, the Spurs have the advantage, especially with winning last night. Um, the other teams are going to have to win out. So we'll see how that plays out. In the Eastern Conference, the Hornets and Pacers have clinched uh, playing game berth. The the Bulls, they, they're they pretty much out of it after tonight. Uh, they'd have to win out, and the, and the Wizards would have to lose out. 
and I don't even know if they'd get the tiebreaker there. And um, that pretty that pretty much it, it's almost set in stone, Spence. I'm trying to catch the end of the Warriors, uh, and it looks like the Warriors just hit a big three point shot in a really great game at uh, the Oracle or Chase Center, they call it now in San Francisco. The game's tied at 113 with about two minutes left. Spence, uh, Warriors and the Suns. But, uh, Spence, we can go ahead and hit the highlights of tonight's game if you're ready to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we can start in uh, L.A. I believe this game was played in San Antonio, but Kawhi is back in. They're trying as fast as they can to get team chemistry. Kawhi himself said they're not all together, and they're still waiting for Ibaka to come back. Uh, I think they just got Pat Beverly back. But if it can work, then my bet looks really beautiful to where the Clippers can go to the uh, finals here. We'll see. But take a look at Kawhi. Clearly, easily forgotten one of the best players, I think, in the NBA. So You see him aggressive going to the rim, elevating and finishing with that left hand, driving through three or four of those dark jerseys to finish with the right hand, a jump hook up over the top and drawing the foul on that. And a favorite move, spin away from the oncoming double team. Yeah, so... Uh, yes, yeah, Spence, I, thought, I think you might have been confused by the colors. That was against the Raptors in Tampa. Oh, geez. See, this is the problem. As I look at the highlights and, you know, the game's kind of lumped together here, the Nike needs to burn their jerseys. That I should not look at that, and I should not see the San Antonio Spurs, but that's the issue. Besides the fact that you look at Miami's cotton candy jerseys, which are an abomination that they've seemingly wear every single game somehow, we got We need home games, we need home jerseys, we need away jerseys, and we need specialty night jerseys, not special jerseys that they sprinkle in so often, all the time. It used to be, I think, Christmas, you know, you always have the, uh, like, um, what, there's always different nights is what I'm trying to say, but we got to get away from every single night is something new because, first of all, you can't usually buy them for the smaller market teams and Otherwise, they just don't look that good. It's like you don't even remember what the real jerseys are. But moving on, uh, Miami obviously took advantage of the Celtics, who are just kind of falling apart here at the end of the season. Now without Jalen Brown, it's not looking good. But more importantly, Miami you know, was at the finals last year, and they want to go back there. And if they're going to do it, it's going to be at the advantage of this deep bench. Here's Goran Dragic hitting two big shots. Kemba left this game early, a minute 46 in, with an apparent left arm injury, but came back later in that opening quarter shot clock winding down it goes down for Goran Dragic shot clock winding down Dragic again a bomb from Goran Dragic in this fourth quarter and this second unit from Miami in this game as Dragic getting hot staying hot yeah, if, if they can avoid Brooklyn for as long as possible, I guess anything can happen, and that's what they're banking on. Uh, I'm not really sure who they would end up facing in the first round. If they're the sixth seed, they may – it looks like that would be a matchup maybe with Milwaukee uh, or maybe even Brooklyn. Yeah, that would be just be so bad for them. So we'll have to see before we make our, any kind of uh, you know guesses about that. But every single night, uh, moving on to the next game here, it seems like Karis LeVert just has the game winner. And once again, here he is hitting another massive shot. Karis LeVert is just taking over for this team that for a while everyone thought was going to fall apart because of the Nate Bjorken, Bjorkren story where nobody likes him. It's all awful. For some reason, it's made the team rally. Take a look here uh, late in the game. That would have been the sixth foul on Simmons. That's what LeVert is saying. Step back three, LeVert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Seven-point lead, Pacers. Wow. Uh, Karis LeVert, man. I, I have no idea why Brooklyn wanted to get rid of that guy. He's just so emphatic when he plays the game. Uh, going on to Brooklyn, which was uh, one of the bets on my ticket tonight, uh, took care of business. Anytime that you can get two of those guys from Brooklyn to play, and it looks like James Harden is questionable for their next game against San Antonio. So it looks like he'll be back before the playoffs, if not one game. Uh, but – Chicago just hasn't figured it out yet, and this just seemed like an easy go for me tonight. Uh, take a look at take a look at all the names actually here in this highlights. Nothing to do with Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. These kind of middling people that no one's heard about. Well, Jeff Green, I would say, but other than that, man, they're getting some big contributions from these like very small time players. Offensive board, Vooch can't get it to fall. Another board for Claxton. Vucevic is three for sixteen. The lob. 
Jeff Green. Yeah, and then you saw Mike James in the corner there, another guy who they picked up who's just making the most out of his minutes. Pretty fascinating. Going on to the Grizzlies game here, Kyle Anderson was 7-10 from night, and they just dominated that. It's so weird, right? They're such a young team, and they have this very bad loss against the Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony hits a game winner against them. And a lot of young teams, that's it, man. Like You expect those kinds of losses, but you also expect from a young team not to be able to bounce back and take care of business. Well, they have done that and then some. They beat the Pelicans last night, a very shorthanded. Now they go on a back-to-back against a hot Dallas Mavericks team, like one of the teams that in the second half that just seems dangerous. And they took Dylan Brooks, just annihilated uh, Luka Doncic all night. Take a look at slow-mo Kyle Anderson, everyone's you know famous nickname for him. And take a look what he's doing here. The game at nine, six straight. Jersey against Stanford. <laughs> So funny watching him play basketball. Last highlight here is Jay Crowder, who started out five for five from downtown in the first quarter. Here's uh, one of the threes that he made there in that uh, Warriors game, which I'm trying to keep monitor up and see who can take a win, take the win. All certainly recognize it, that the Lakers know where they're at, and the potential scenario is Crowder knocking down another triple. I think that's just the Chris Paul effect when you see guys like that. The confidence he exudes upon them. Jay Crowder like let it fly for a while, but now he's shooting it just a lot more confident. Like he feels like it's going to go in, and clearly that's also been the case for Mikael Bridges. Everybody in that team is just better because of Chris Paul being there. He should definitely be getting some MVP votes this season. He's not going to win it, but I think he deserves probably second place given the injuries that we've seen this year. And that was uh, the action in NBA tonight. Yes, yeah, Spence, the Warriors are going to end up getting the win here at home against the uh, Suns as Jordan Poole hit a huge three late in the game, followed up by a, a bucket by Andrew Wiggins, who's got 38 points on the night. And uh, some free throws hit by uh, the Warriors are going, to, are going to send a loss for the Suns. So a really nice win for the Warriors tonight. You mentioned Jay Crowder. He had a fantastic performance, but not enough as Curry and company Andrew Wiggins uh, are going to do enough to beat the Warriors tonight. The Kings barely, barely stay alive as they beat the Thunder tonight, 122-106. Knicks like, look like they're starting to pull away. Spencer still seven minutes left, 85-75. Knicks on top of the Lakers. Uh, before we get in, into some more NBA um, stories of note, Spence, I mean, talk about the Lakers situation here. I mean, it, it, you never know how injuries are going to affect any team in the NBA, but the injuries for the Lakers could see them home before the playoffs even get started. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the turmoil, but I think that's what we love. And I think they're it's making the NBA season just more interesting. And I think it also, like I talked about earlier, just talks about how awesome this play-in tournament is. Now, personally, I think the seventh seed should be you know, kept away from this little play-in tournament. I think it's a little unfair. Because if you look at both conferences, I would say the difference between the seven and eight seed is pretty noticeable to a certain extent now the Celtics are the seventh seed and they've just lost Jalen Brown but before that injury I would say there's a pretty stark difference between the Charlotte Hornets and the uh, Boston Celtics and then the Lakers and then whoever makes that eighth seed which either be the Grizzlies or the Warriors most likely they're talking about another big difference there but in any case I mean if you're trying to sell the fans on the playing tournament moving forward and you know having this come back during a regular 82 game season there's no better way to do it. LeBron James having to fight for his playoff life before the playoffs start. Uh, but this thing can happen to anybody. Injuries happen all the time. And the thing is about the Lakers is I just don't like their attitude about it. I, I think that there it's like, oh, the whole world's against us. It's like, no, I mean, these are the circumstances you found yourselves in. But you should have the attitude that we're going to take care of business in the playing tournament if we're in there. And we're going to move forward and we're going to go towards the finals. That's not really what they're looking. They're like trying to say like, oh, it's the end of the world if you make the playing tournament. It's embarrassing. Whoever should be, uh, whoever made the tournament should be fired. Like all these very extremes. Where look, this is the circumstance you found yourself in. This is the way it is. It's the way it's been since they voted on it very early in the season. So you're gonna have to man up and get ready for the playoffs, healthy or not, because they're coming. They're not gonna wait for you. No one's gonna wait for you. Everybody's out to get you too. First of all. The Lakers are the, have the target on their back. They won the championship last year. So here we go. I mean, let's see let's see him make it happen. If they were to 
lose two games in a row and, and miss the playoffs, man, oh man, it would just be something else. I'm sure Adam Silver would be crying in his beer because the Lakers would not be in the playoffs. But still, I would say as us personally or as deep NBA fans, that would be pretty darn cool. Suspense. I'm going to describe to you what I know as the playing tournament to be and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So the seven, eight team will play. The winner of that game is locked into the seven. Is that correct? That is correct. And then the eight will play the winner of nine, 10 and the winner of, of eight versus nine, 10 moves on to the eight. That would, yes, that is exactly how it works. Uh, Okay. Just two games. Well, this is, this is great because I predict that the Knicks will hold on tonight. They're up 10. Uh, I'm sorry, they're up eight, it looks like, from uh, watching here. I, I think, personally, the Knicks play harder and they're a better team without LeBron on the floor. Uh, you know, I do like Kyle Kuzma a lot, so he'll have to hit some shots here if the Lakers are going to close here down the stretch at home against the Knicks. But let's say they lose. And uh, they have a, a couple winnable games down the stretch, but, but Portland would really only, I think, may have the tiebreaker, would really only have to win one, maybe two, down the stretch. So let's say the Lakers play um, the Warriors in the 7-8. The Warriors win and become the 7 seed. Then the Lakers would either play uh, possibly Memphis or the Spurs, which I would think Memphis would move on. And I think that'd be a, a heck of a one-game matchup, Spence, because the Lakers aren't fully healthy. I'm t- You know that the Grizzlies better than anybody. I know they've been inconsistent, but John Morant is a handful, and they were not easy – to get rid of in last year's play-in, uh, they are very tough. And especially if they get, got everybody healthy, it, it'll be a very fun watch for all basketball fans. Let's just hypothetically say that the Lakers are now in a one-game play-for-their-lives playoff tournament if they lose the initial game against the Grizzlies. Talk about how the Grizzlies and Lakers match up, Spence. Yeah, uh, it's so hard for me. I, I get so passionate when I watch the Grizzlies games. I can't think of it from a rational point. <laughs> and and the reason I'll, I'll drive my point home here by saying I made a bet tonight. I talked about how Brooklyn was the easy one for me. Well, the other game on my ticket, I bet on Dallas minus two and a half. For, uh, for two, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I either want to be right in my mind, my cynical mind, that the Grizzlies just aren't that good. Or I, I believe in some sort of uh, cosmic as if I can control the outcome of the Grizzlies game by betting against them, that they'll have won tonight. The reality of the situation is that it's hard because they are, they're the second youngest team in the league vying for a spot in the West, which we know is much more competitive than the East. Jonas Valanciunas is one of the best centers in the NBA, in my opinion. John Morant is, is so good, right? He's athletic. He's got great vision. He's just not a stone-cold killer when it comes to late games. That's just – and he may develop that. I just don't think he has that skill set. So – when you're talking about the last few minutes of the game where it, it may not even come down to it, the Grizzlies have played a, a lot of close games against the Lakers, but they just don't know what it they don't know what it means to win yet. And they can't. Jonas Valanciunas wasn't a part of that Toronto team that went to the finals. So if you look down the list, nobody has experienced past probably the first round. I think Kyle Anderson probably played in the first round with the Spurs at some point in his career. But I mean, Jaron Jackson and John Moran, obviously, are the heads of the team, and you got nothing there. Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, these are guys who have grown up in the system of Memphis. So as much as I would love to say that a single elimination game, the Grizzlies, as exciting and young and as hard as they play, that they have a chance to beat the Lakers in single elimination, the answer to that question is no. And maybe by saying this, I will have angered the basketball guys and I will have made it happen to where the Grizzlies make that happen. I just don't think so. Spence, let's talk about last night, record-setting performance by Russell Westbrook in a loss. He is now the career leader in NBA history for triple-doubles. What he's done this season has been outstanding, especially the start that the Wizards got off to. For them to be in a position to fight for a playoff spot in a team that's very fun to watch. Unfortunately, last night also Bradley Beal kind of tweaked the hamstring and may miss the final two regular season games. Hopefully he'll be healthy come playing time because Russ Westbrook – has been really good this year, Spence. He's really improved, not just putting up the triple-double numbers, but I feel like he's been a better decision-maker. We know he's not a great three-point shooter. We know the less volume shots he takes, the more successful his team is. I really feel like he's kind of overall been a better player in letting the game come to him and elevating the play of his teammates. Tell me what you've seen from Westbrook this season 
and the importance of this record, if any, uh, and where he's going to go down possibly in history uh, as far as a top player, top 15, top 25 player, where would you put him or where do you think he deserves to be in the conversation? Yeah, this is a complex conversation because, first of all, when you look at Oscar Robinson, we always say the great Oscar Robinson, and he averaged a triple-double, which is insane. Like, no one's done that since, until Russell Westbrook now. But nobody puts Oscar Robinson at least on their Mount Rushmore. I rarely see him in the top 10s. It's, it's a very weird reputation I think Oscar Robinson has gotten where people Spence, I'm sorry. Him. I have to correct you. It's Oscar Robertson. Robertson. I don't, was I saying Robertson? Robertson. Uh, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to con- contextualize just how good both of these players have been. And the way I did that is a little complicated, and I'll try to walk you through it now. But this Oscar's best season was in 1961 to 1962. In that season, he averaged 30.8 points, 11.4 assists, and 12.5 rebounds. Let's compare that to Westbrook's season this year. 22 points, 11.5 assists, and 11.6 rebounds. Now, I don't like to look at those at face value because the game is drastically different. So what does it mean to even compare those things? Well, how many possessions did they have? So how productive were they per possession where they had where they were involved in the possession on some sort of level? Well, I think that's also unfair because they're not a part of every possession of the team has. So what I did was this. I took the total number of possessions they had that season and I multiplied it by the percentage of minutes played. So Oscar uh, Oscar <laughs> played about 92% of the minutes. So you could say he's probably a part of probably 92% of the possessions. So and interestingly enough, Oscar played in more possessions than Westbrook. So by doing that math, this is what it comes down to on a single possession, uh, like how productive they were. So Oscar, he averaged 0.27 points, 0.1 assist, and 0.11 rebounds per possession of their team. And for Westbrook, he averaged the same amount of points, even though it looks drastically different on the stat sheet. 0.27 points, but if you go down later, he averaged 0.14 assist and 0.14 rebounds. So technically, in this season, he's more productive than Oscar's best season of his career. Now, those are very small margins. So I can't. My final point to this analysis is that both players are amazing and both players are great. It's weird to think that you have to discount what Oscar's done to appreciate what Westbrook's done. And I think that that kind of narrative has been driven by the media primarily where Westbrook doesn't feed into the whole algorithm. I I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but clearly he doesn't love the media, the the, the relationship he had with Stephen A. Smith when that was going on about how disparaging it was and everything else like that. He's always kind of a weird, he's kind of different. He doesn't like to be in the limelight. And I think that bothers a lot of people. What he's doing is insane. I mean, it will not be done. I've looked at the current player crop. You're talking about the best of the best that are doing it right now. Luca, Trey Young, Jokic, none of them are are, be, are able to do what he's doing. Everyone says the NBA is so different. Okay, so why isn't anyone else doing it? And why will no one else do it? I know it hasn't translated to wins, and that's always kind of the biggest part, but think about it. That stat sheet I just gave you for Oscar, the 1961 to 1962, they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, 3-1. to one. Didn't matter for Oscar back then, but some for some reason, it matters so much for Westbrook now. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, Spence, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I, I want to ask you this. Um, how do you think Westbrook, because this is a, clearly not the first time he's put up these numbers, what difference has you have you seen in his game this year compared to years past? It's that's also part of it, right? Because during OKC days, and someone on Fox Sports Radio had came out today and talked about how this is a sham of a record. Part of it could be. I mean, during his OKC days, you would see teammates like literally boxing out and allowing him to get rebounds, but that's only part of it. You still have to get the assists, and I think assists are much harder than rebounds most of the time, but. On another level, you also want him to get the rebound, right? Because he is one of the most dangerous players on the fast break that Mm. we may have ever seen in the game. And the way that it works now, which I think has made the uh, Wizards so successful in the second half of the season, is 
when he doesn't get the rebound in the half court, they pass the ball to him almost immediately. They want the ball in his hands when players are in motion going down the court. He just sees it differently. Now, he's less involved in the half court, which I think has benefited the team exponentially because we both know that he's a pretty darn good defender, if not a great defender. So when he's able to utilize that, his steals and work mostly when players are in motion, not set in the half court, that is when he's the best. And that's how he gets a lot of his points. His point total has been down this season. And yet, since he's been doing that, since he's put less of that pressure because he's shooting like 30% from uh, three-point range, if not worse this season, the team is getting wins or they're playing more competitive basketball. Now, the whole you could also go down the whole team, but you can't place all of the blame on him because he's playing good individual defense. It's the team that's playing awful. So I, he has done, he's been probably the biggest part of their run. Bradley Beal's been doing this forever for the Washington Wizards. He's been there his entire career. And I think Westbrook kind of getting it. And also, this is his first season with the team and amidst all the turmoil. It takes time to implement your second best player in the team. And I think you're seeing them do it now. It may not translate to anything this season, but I do like them moving forward. I think he can be a a very important piece on your team if they can generate and run the offense through him in a unique way, not the traditional sense, which I think they were trying to do in the first half of the season. Spence, I know a lot of people before this season started have not been big fans of Russell Westbrook. Uh, To me, he's one of the most polarizing figures in the entire league. And I've, questioned at times if he could be a champion but I've never questioned what his potential can be because he is so explosive and dynamic and can do so many different things Uh, I just thought he needed to rein in his decision making Uh, and I've said that for for many years and I feel like he's improved in that area Uh, and he's still got many years left in this league and he's already the career leader in triple doubles he's a statistical anomaly And to be honest with you, I've got to put him in the conversation for top 25 players of all time. He's just that good. He's that polarizing and he's that much of a game changer uh, when he's right. Spence, is it fair to put Russell Westbrook in the conversation of, of top 25 players of all time? It's such a strange list because, I mean, In a real sense, it has ne- has never impacted winning on a high level. During he won MVP as a six seed this year, they're fighting for a much worse division in the East just to make. <laughs> but then again, we may never see these numbers again, like in our lifetime. I, I have to. You have to sit down. I think we're gonna have to wait till the end of his career because if he does get a, a championship, this conversation is drastically different. And I hate. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that we as media pundits, whatever like dramatic word you want to use for that kind of scene, and you see how the country reacts to, but we do place a lot on championships and a lot on winning, which makes sense. I mean, that's kind of the narrative around the country is like your worth is almost like how much money you have, which I guess kind of is also attributed to your success. So if he at least makes another deep postseason run as the second or third best player, then I think he will easily be in people's top 15. But until that happens, I think he's going to be lower towards the 25 to 30, as unfortunate as he is. That's just because if you if you look at it and you start making those player to player debates, okay, he has these awards or he has he was this important when they won the finals. There's nothing like that for Westbrook. In fact, he didn't play very well in those finals. He was pretty awful. So he's going to have to do that for us to change the true narrative around him. Although I'm not sure he actually cares about it at the end of the day because he just doesn't partake in this kind of realm that that we live in but i i hope so because i think he is a genuinely good person i think he's one of the genuine the the only genuine people in the nba when it comes to like social issues and such that he's just so quiet about it that it bothers some immediate people that he doesn't kind of give those media answers that we can all kind of chew on and, and bite about he's just kind of like yeah i thank god for this opportunity blah blah you know not blah 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 but yada 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 you know those kinds of answers spence i mentioned it last week i know it's a very very big long shot but it's live it is live spence we'll see how healthy beal can be but you can get 200 to 1 on the wizards winning the nba title for this season and i think it'll be very interesting because i think they find their way to win two in a row and they get themselves in 
this play-in situation uh, with being the eight seed. I do think that's going to happen. We'll see if it does happen. Um, and it, it's going to be fun to watch. I really like this Wizards team. I do. I think Westbrook just adds uh, to the explosiveness all around, the mixture of young and veteran with Westbrook and Beal. Hopefully Beal will get healthy down the stretch. Uh, speaking of down the stretch, Spence, the second half of the, of the TNT doubleheader, it's a really good one here at Staples Center. We're under a minute, and the Knicks have a two-point lead. Uh, from what I'm watching here, probably a little behind. Uh, controversial foul call against Anthony Davis. We'll see. Um, well, he did get hit in the face a little bit there, but quite a bit of acting. But it's going to be a close game. It is a close game down here the stretch with the Knicks and the Lakers. We'll see if the Knicks can make a stop or score a bucket. Derrick Rose has been really clutch here down the stretch. Spence, we've talked about the Knicks and them overachieving, but Derrick Rose has really taken his game as a Knick to a new level. He's almost kind of been a journeyman the last four years of his career, bouncing around from place to place. He's coming off the bench as a Knick, but he's been super productive, and he's going to be an important role player for the Knicks come playoff time. Yeah, and I think it was actually a show that you came on during, like when I was on the radio where we talked about can Derrick Rose become a Hall of Famer at some point. I said all he has to do is have three more productive seasons, and clearly he's found that now with the Knicks. And I think it's so interesting. The narrative around Tom Thibodeau is that he was hated like for so long, and especially in those Minnesota days. And when he was let go from that job, there were people who thought maybe he'd never have another chance again. But clearly, <laughs> through all the criticism of him playing players too much, and you could even say ruining Derrick Rose's career, he has a very tight connection with him in the system that he runs. Uh, is something of beauty, especially when you're in a NBA, current NBA, where it doesn't seem possible to hold a team under 110 points on any given night. And they continually are able to keep people under triple digits. Uh, Derek Rose has bought all the way into a system. He knows it very well. And the same thing for Taj Gibson. You could put Taj Gibson on probably any other team in the NBA and he would have no impact or he would be cut before week one. But because he has this unique system that seemingly works and Tibbs said some great things after uh, their win the other night against the Clippers. I think Julius Randle didn't have such a good night, but he said uh, something along the lines of, yes, he didn't have the points or the greatest shooting night, but he played hard. He jumped down on the floor to get loose balls. He made great defensive stops, everything like that. So Tibbs has an appreciation for the game, and I think that's a sentiment that has been lost. So when you talk about these guys like Derrick Rose, who are able to almost operate freely, he changes the entire tempo of the team. He, Tibbs does a very great job of not being able to read them. Or you have this first unit, which has some good perimeter guys like Reggie Bullock. Uh, but when you transition to the bench unit, Derek Rose creates pace, like this incredible pace for them that you're just like always on the back of your toes and you don't understand. So it's just really good to see Derek Rose because he is another one of those kind of quiet guys who after he got cut from Cleveland, you saw him working out in some random gym, uh, wherever it was. And, he, he, he appreciates the craft of the game, and uh, in any situation, I think he can be successful, and I'm glad he's evolved it, too. It was all about athleticism before, and now he's shooting a career high from three-point range. He's just finding out ways to extend his career, and I hope he makes the Hall of Fame. I think he will, uh, and, and go Knicks. I mean, they're so fun to watch. Again, I, I always say this, and I'll say it again. The NBA is just better when their most popular franchise is in the playoffs, and especially this competitive, not barely making the playoffs, but being a definitive playoff team. Yeah, Spence, you're right. They're just fun to watch, man. Uh, the Knicks have the ball up two with 31 seconds left to timeout as I'm watching here. But this last possession, Spence, uh, Thibodeau was on the court with his hands in the air as the Lakers <laughs> had the possession, screaming for defense. They gave it to an ISO situation, situation Anthony Davis against Julius Randle, current Laker versus former Laker. About five seconds left on the shot clock. Clock. Randall forces uh, Anthony Davis into a tough kind of step back wing 15 footer. He had to high rise for to hit back rim. Julius Randall secured the rebound, brought it across half court, calls a timeout. Fantastic defensive effort. Davis, you can't block, block a guy's shot like that. It's going to rise up uh, from 16 feet, but a nice contest. And the Lakers are going to try to play here uh, defense with 10 seconds on the shot clock. The Knicks have possession here. We'll see if Julius Randle, one-on-one against Davis, can ice the game with a bucket here. Uh, he's working hard. The double team comes from Andre Drummond. 
uh, really good pass by uh, Randall low on the shot clock, uh, but but Bullock could not get the shot off before it was a shot clock violation. So good defense there by the Lakers. And as I'm watching here, Spence, the Knicks still up too. Looks like a timeout by the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis seems to be limping a little bit. Spike Lee is at Staples Center watching along, intently hoping that the Knicks get two victories against the teams from L.A. Uh, Randall just tried to do too much there. He got double team late. Uh, probably should have gave the ball up a little earlier, but uh, Bullock didn't get the shot off in time. It was short and missed anyway. Uh, but the, the Lakers are going to have a chance to either win it or send it to overtime with about 13 seconds left. So we'll follow that as it's coming back down the stretch. But but you talked about it, Spence, with Thibodeau. Uh, man, who would have thought when you looked at this Knicks roster coming into this offseason, a few years removed from trading first-round pick Kristaps Porzingis, they've kind of filtered guys in and out, management, coaching staff. You, dirt, you never expected the Knicks – to be in the top five, top six conversation of a playoff berth this year. We didn't know Julius Randle was going to turn in to the player that he's been this year, an all-NBA, all-star, most improved type player. This guy is submitting himself as one of the top players. And with his size and build, and if he can continue to shoot the ball the way he has, he is going to be the face of this Knicks franchise, in my opinion. It looks like probably a draft pick uh, that they did not get right with Obi Toppin. We're only one year in, but seemingly plays the same position as your best player, Julius Randle. But Spence, if you look at it this way, the Knicks released Austin Rivers and brought in Derrick Rose. And I love Austin Rivers, but man, it seems like a heck of a swap, a former MVP that's certainly playing at times like that caliber for Austin Rivers, who's now bounced around to the Nuggets and playing contributing minutes for a team that's quite banged up, but certainly Derrick Rose, the more dynamic scorer and shooter for the Knicks. And Spence, uh, as I'm watching it here, the Lakers do have possession with 13 seconds. We'll see if Tibbs Knicks can get one last stop and leave this little road trip in LA with two victories against LA teams. Kyle Kuzma's got the ball with 10 seconds. They're going to put it in Anthony Davis's hands against Randall. Double team KCP for three. It rims out. Oh, a big offensive rebound by Wes Matthews, it looks like, with three seconds left. Wow. Corner three from uh, KCP off the rim. Wes Matthews in the mix down low, grabs the offensive rebound, puts it back in to tie the game at 91 at Staples Center. Spence with three seconds left on the clock. One of the littlest guys on the court, a shooting guard for the Lakers, gets down and dirty as AD got double teamed. And the wing shot it over to KCP for an open corner three off the rim. West Matthews goes up with Derrick Rose. He had the box out position, and Matthews puts it up and in to tie the game at 91 with about three seconds left. So it looks like unless the Knicks get a last-second shot here, Spence, that this game may go into overtime. If you're the coach here, do you go with your all-pro, your all-NBA, Julius Randle, put it in his hands against Anthony Davis, or – do you try to get it into Derrick Rose's hands, the former MVP, which may have a more favorable offensive matchup and have Derrick Rose go to work and either take it to the rack, shoot a pull-up jumper, or distribute the ball? You only got three seconds left, so you've got to be quick with your decision-making. Who do you have the ball in their hands for the Knicks with three seconds left here? It does feel like Derrick Rose. I mean, with such a short amount of time and his ability to get to the basket quicker, Julius Randle is more methodical in his offensive approach. So, I would say as I'm I'm actually watching the game myself here, they're about to there inbound it. Uh, here we go. He's They're looking to pass it in. It does go to Julius Randle at the top of the key. He drives in, and he misses it. So it is going to go to overtime. Wow, he actually got a great look. He ended up driving le- towards the left of the lane and, and kind of floated it up. But it was a bit of an awkward angle. He shot it left-handed as he's going left, so kind of away from the basket, off the back of the rim. A nice overtime game on TNT with huge playoff implications on the mind for the uh, for the Lakers. They're going to want to win this one, but the Knicks will not make it easy. A great fight back for this Lakers team, though. And even if they, uh, you know, if they do win this game, this is more important than just playoff seating. I think it's important for their like team confidence because it, it feels like it's been gone and it feels like they can't do anything without LeBron James. So if they can do that and they can find a way to win without, you know, the king, that'll take them a long ways, uh, you know, going forward. 
Yeah, Spence, you're a little ahead of I am. I just saw the uh, game-winning attempt by Randall. Seemed to have a pretty good look with three seconds left. He got position, uh, had the the driving shot, but it did not go in. Uh, while we're waiting for that game to start in overtime, Spence, let's hit some more of the stories we talked about before the show. Let's hit Tim Tebow first. Tim Tebow looks like it's going to be official. Will sign a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the tight end position. A lot of people uh, are a little open arms, and I, I don't understand this, Spence. I don't understand why so many people are disgruntled and upset about a guy getting a chance to be in the NFL. He had a workout with Jacksonville. He seemed to impress in the workout. You can talk about what you want as far as his relationship with Urban Meyer, but we talked about it last week. What does the depth chart look like at the tight end position for Jacksonville? And this guy, was a, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He is a national champion. This guy – played professional baseball after not playing for years. And at the tight end position, Spence, we've seen guys that did not play tight end at the college position come from basketball and be perennial Hall of Famers. We've seen this happen before, not just one or two times. So with Tebow coming in and playing the tight end position, I don't understand guys like Damian Woody and other former NFL players uh, being so up in arms and, and they don't get it. They don't understand how Tim Tebow can get another shot in the NFL. I think they're absolutely blind and, and they're not, again, I, I talk about football and sports logic, Spence. Tim Tebow's not coming in to compete for a quarterback position. We're talking about a team that was the number one overall pick, meaning they had the, the worst record in the entire NFL last year. We can't name a tight end on their roster without going through the depth start. Why at 34 years old, the guy is not guaranteed a roster spot. Well, let's see what he can do at a position that if any position in the NFL, guys have come in without college experience at the position and succeeded with Tim Tebow's size, his attributes, his tools. Let's see what he can do before we go all out and say, this is ridiculous. He doesn't deserve a shot. He's not coming in at the quarterback position. He's built. He's got the size to play tight end and possibly be successful. We know Tebow can put on muscle mass very quickly. He's got the absolute size for it. We don't know what he can do with his hands. We know his football IQ should translate well being a former quarterback. Blocking, I, I think he's a really strong guy, Spence. I think he should be able to pick that up fairly easily. Of course, a lot of it's going to be technique and coaching. But why are people so up in arms about Tim Tebow getting an opportunity to play the tight end position? It doesn't make any sense to me, Spence. Well, I, I was listening, and this was uh, from Speak for Yourself. I think it's a actual national show, not a radio show. But uh, one of them was a player, and he took it very personally because apparently he had been in that position where – he was like one of those third string guys and someone above him because uh, he was talking about on the Eagles, like favoritism uh, from his position because he was ranked 33rd by pro football focus. And this guy who was uh, actually on the roster was ranked 51st or something like that. There's so much more about football than about your literal talent, especially when you start talking about third string guys. This is a whole different universe because you're rarely going to touch the field. So your opportunities are going to be rare and they may need you in different situations, but I think if you don't take it so personally and you see him from just a different standpoint, uh, like I, like I, on some level, I do understand this guy's played since, you know, in 10 years, roughly uh, he had, was never been a tight end and now he's getting it now, but you need winning culture in your locker room. He has two national championships, mind you. So that may be more valuable than some college kid last year who is for uh, never going to touch the field as a backup tight end anyway. So if you can get more value outside of like just the minus on the field, then yes, I actually do have a clip from the Colin Cowherd uh, podcast today. Uh, this is Urban Meyer's first public statement about Tim Tebow. There's some really interesting comments. I'm sure you'll have uh, some thoughts on them as well. So take a listen here. This is what Urban Meyer, the man himself, has to say in the middle and amidst all of this craziness of Tim Tebow talk. Yeah, we have not signed him. Uh, there's a thought going around. You know, he uh, he was in the best shape of his life, asked to see if he could work out with a couple of our coaches. Uh, I wasn't even there. And uh, they came back to me and said, wow, this guy's in the incredible shape. And I said, then I went another time and watched him try him out. And they said, go work on these things. He comes back later. They try him out again. I'm not there. And they come in and they said, wow. You know, this guy's ball skills, he's a great athlete. He looks like he's 18 years old, not 20, whatever he is, 33. And uh, I said, guys, you don't understand. Now, this guy is, you know, he's the most competitive maniac you're ever going to talk to. And let's give it a shot. And I have not decided if we're going to do that or not yet. I'm getting close. I got to make a decision here pretty soon. 
<laughs> oh, what do you think about that? First of all, like, uh, it gives me a different perspective on all of this uh, for me. Uh, well, that was Chris Collinsworth. It looked like oh, that Chris he was on, a, on a podcast with. I mean, if he's telling the truth there, Spence, he wasn't even there for the workout. So if you've got guys that don't have any personal vested interest in, look, this guy's in great shape. Um, he's improved on the things we had to improve on. To me, let me, let me preface that, Spence, by going down the current depth chart from Outlands of the Jacksonville Jaguars tight end position. Uh, unrestricted free agent Chris Manhurts, who is listed as not having a number as a starting tight end. Most people have never heard of him. I've heard of him, but I can't tell you much about him. I remember seeing him on the field. Luke Farrell, who seems to be a rookie for the Jaguars, fifth rounder. He doesn't have a number listed to him. He's second on the depth chart. Tyler Davis, uh, number 87, never heard of him. James O'Shaughnessy, who's I've heard of, is a journeyman a blocking tight end, is the four-string guy. You have nobody of note at the tight end position. So if these young guys can't come in and beat out Tim Tebow, uh, and we'll, we'll see on the field, you know, if, if he deserves a shot. But look, to me, from what I heard there from Urban Meyer, guys without a, a personal vested interest saying, look, this guy's impressive. And, you know, there's nothing there that, that led me to believe that there's any type of extreme favoritism going on here. And it looks like he, he hasn't made a decision yet. It looks promising that he'll sign, but let's see if the guy even uh, competes enough to make it to the preseason roster. That's not a guarantee yet, but I, I'm interested to see it play out. And look, Urban Meyer knows the guy he played for him in college. And, and I liked the part where, where Meyer said, this guy is a competitive maniac. I love that. And, and I would love to have anybody uh, with the off-the-field reputation of Tebow, an on-the-field competitive maniac, of course I'm going to give this guy a shot. There's guys that try out every day off the streets that get personal workouts and have an opportunity to make the team. Whether they make it or not has to do with the reps that they get, how quickly they pick up uh, the schematics and the mental part of the game. And that's a big part that nobody talks about. A lot of it is the mental part of the game and how quickly you can pick it up. Uh, from what I just heard there from Urban Meyer – Seems like uh, Tebow may get a real shot. So, Spence, tell me what you took out of that little clip from Urban Meyer with Chris Collinsworth. Well, I have no doubt that he probably wasn't there for the workout. But it the, the issue I take part with in his statement is that he's trying to, like, wash his hands of it where, oh, I don't know, man. It's not, it's not like the way he made it. He's like, ah, oh, he was just around the street. And I had some of the guys at the facility brought him in. Like, no, no, no. This was your idea, obviously. No one cold calls. Tim Tebow to do a workout to come in. Clearly he has familiarity with him and that's the reason he came to work him out with. So there's a very stark difference, right? Between being an NFL and a college coach where you are the celebrity in in a college game where you're like the face of the franchise in the NFL, Bill Belichick. Yes. But after that, I mean, it's more of this like business relationship between you and the players. So if some of the players feel a little disrespected because they may not have may not have an opportunity because of Tim Tebow, but it look like like you said, this it's not like this is week one where Tim Tebow is now announced the starting tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We don't know Correct. if he's going to make it. In fact, his over under uh, total through I, one of the websites I can't think of the name now had his like nineteen and a half yards for the entire season. So clearly, we're not so confident in Tim Tebow that he's just going to go out. Uh, and become this like legendary tight end for the team. So I think we're just overblowing. And I think that comes from part of the offseason for the NFL, right? The NFL is king. The NBA is about to go into the playoffs. And yet here we are talking about a practice squad signing, essentially, or a fake contract, a contract that's not even guaranteed. Uh, that's just the nature of the news cycle, I think, in the NFL. They absolutely should give him a chance, especially if they can use him. I think when we say tight end, it's like, oh, is he going to be able to block? They're not going to have him in for traditional run plays. Clearly not. He's going to be in for something goofy, or he may never even get in, period. He may just be someone that they want around guys on the team to like motivate and be there for them. And I think he's willing to accept that role, too. He loves the game of football, and I think that's the main reason they brought him in, not because he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. That's the kind of fluff stuff you give when you're on a podcast with a goofball. Yeah, and Spence, I, I think people need to calm down. I mean, come on. Do, do people not understand how hard it is to get from coming off the street to even get in a preseason game and get reps? It's going to be hard for Tim 
to even get reps at the tight end position, play even a half in preseason without being a part of anything in the offseason and just now getting his foot in the door playing a position he's never played. Is it possible? Absolutely. But it's very difficult. Now, I think what he has on his side, like we mentioned, is the depth chart at the tight end position has a bunch of no names, nobody you've ever heard of. So if there's ever a window to get in and to make a team, this would be the team at that position. It's going to be very difficult for Tebow to even get in a half of a preseason game, much less targets. So if I'm betting, I'm putting a lot of money on that under 19 and a half. We're talking regular season. Uh, I'd be very comfortable putting a, a rack or two on that. I'm not thinking because I think Tebow athletically could be a very productive tight end in this league, but there's so many other intangibles that we're not discussing that go into a guy making a roster and playing a significant amount of time on the game day roster on the field. It's just going to be very challenging. Now, like you said, maybe the advantage of knowing a coach and possibly his system will play in his favor, but let's just see how it plays out. There's no reason for any former players to be all perplexed and, and all up in arms before we've even seen one preseason game. Spence, as we're wrapping up the sh show here, uh, some sad news. Former Hawaii quarterback and former Heisman Trophy uh Top five Heisman Trophy candidate, Colt Brennan, who was drafted in the sixth round by the Washington Redskins. He passes away today. He was in rehab. Apparently, uh, his dad came out and said something that he took was laced with fentanyl, went into a coma, and did not come out. Very sad news in NFL. And also, Tariq Cohen, running back for the Bears' twin brother, passed away over the weekend. So, Spence, just very sad news in the state. Uh, of football and sports we've seen since this pandemic started. It's very unfortunate. And uh, a story we didn't get to get to tonight, we will get to on Thursday, is the Oakland Athletics talking about relocating in Vegas being one of those hubs. So make sure you tune in on Thursday night, 9 o'clock Pacific time. We'll talk talk about that. Some more subjects here in the sports world. For Spencer Ostrowski, follow him on Twitter, at Spencer the Wisdom, Brad Restituto. You can see where to follow me here on the show. Also, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you back on Thursday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.